You're doing what I told you to do to other people, to me. Cables sound great. You're taking my shit and replacing it with cheap shit, (laughs) which is what I said you should do to some other people. (laughs) Can I borrow your car? (laughs) Bring back a shit car. Welcome to the MovieBuilder.org podcast episode number 61. I'm Curran. I'm Kusha. Get him. Uh, how you been? I've been right. A lot of changes in my life. A lot of things happening. Things are happening. Have you recovered from your uh, your journeys? I think so. I think it's just a temporary a temporary blues period because ultimately the blues period because it's not legal over here yet. <laughs> yeah, because. <laughs> Fucking hell, they passed that law over there and you fucking flew to Canada in the same week. <laughs> that was insane. It's like, it's legal. I'm flying to fucking Canada. All right. Oh, um, yeah, so I don't know. It's good. We're, um, and, and now you're moving there. We are moving to yeah. Canada. You weren't Sorry. sure? No, I weren't the sure. Law passed, the law passed. Decision made. <laughs> both of you, both of you. Who was it that was resisting? Um, me actually. <laughs> she was up for it from the beginning. She was like, no more secret toking. Just, um, no, yeah. So we're moving, we're moving at some point next year, which means these will continue. Obviously. Oh yeah. Uh, we're just going to figure out some way to do it remotely and we figured out ways. We just haven't tested it yet. So, um, yeah. What's going on with you? How are you? I'm good. I might be. <laughs> <laughs> might be leaving sooner than you, but we'll see how the next couple of weeks go. It's a good thing we don't have any have a base, you know, for Movieville. Otherwise, we would have. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a good thing. I think I'm just worried that if I go to Europe, then um, how am I going to watch films in English? Do they have films in English? I don't even know. Um, Are you going to download them? Are you going to have to VPN them? Download? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure they'll have them in English. They're probably. They're, I'm guessing they've got. They'll have. Um, what they have in France, a couple of cinemas I've seen, they have showings with subtitles in French. Right. Because uh, it's technically a foreign movie. Yes. Um, so, Absolutely. yeah, that, that might have to do. Or well, you might have to learn French. I'm hoping to get a lot better at French, if uh, regardless of where I go. Uh, I think that is brings us very nicely onto our first point. Brexit. Brexit. Um you were talking about a couple of hours ago about how doing this podcast, I think, I think over time we, I think we had a very brief chat about this in the last podcast. Was that like, what, you know, what are we hoping to get out of this? What was the end goal? What, when we first started this podcast, what, what do we want from it? What do we want to get out of it? And I think for, for me, and I, I, I touched on this before, I think I'm able to now articulate things a lot more clearer. I'm, I've still got a long way to go, but uh, I'm getting a lot better at articulating things about movies and, you know, general life things. I can communicate yeah. better whether with people. I think uh, they, doing this has made me a more confident speaker um, generally in life, I think. Uh, I've, I find that I'm able to articulate conversations a lot more eloquently, I guess. Outside of this, yeah, okay, um, yeah. I, th- I think uh, 
for me, some similar. I, I've got loads of random shit in my head, which I'm sure people have started to learn about yes. as we record. Um, like you were saying the other day, where the fuck did you pull Fritz Harbour out of? <laughs> like what? Where? But yeah, that's I. Yes, you know. Um, but trying to communicate these things and put them together in a way that's structured. Yes. <laughs> is difficult and I'm learning how because yeah. um, I want to become a better communicator in this kind of medium. Mm. And I've seen, you know, you watch, <laughs> I watched a Joe Rogan stand up mm. uh, yesterday mm. and I was like, wow, if this is where this journey goes. It's one on Netflix. It's yeah. One of the yeah. new ones on Netflix. It's, it's so funny. Mm. I thought, yeah, this is good. I like this. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> this is very funny. Okay, so our title today, unless we change it, is something along the lines of black female icons um, in The Hate You Give, Widows and Titans. So, should we do a general catch-up first? Yes, that's... What have you been watching? Um, a few things, actually. Uh, um, I didn't... Something I put on here. The House on... The Haunting of Hill House. House on the Hill House. The house on the hill haunting of the house that the hills live in. Cool. Well, where is, what is that on? Uh, Netflix, actually. Um, it is a brilliant show. It is a horror show. Um, and it's not something that you would expect to find, at least of that caliber, on Netflix, which is really interesting to me. Right. It's um, the concept. I'll explain the concept to you. So the, as a family who, li who lived in a house, yeah, I'm not going to watch this, so okay. go for it. Family that lived in a house. Yep. And um, the house is haunted, right, essentially. Um, and they carry these ghosts around for the rest of their lives because things happen in this house. The people do? Yeah, the family that lived in the house. They carry these ha hauntings or ghosts around okay. with them for their whole life. <clears throat> now, Even if they move? Yeah, even, if they, when, even when they moved out. And they, they, these ghosts and hauntings just followed them. Downer. Now, during the show itself, right, yeah. there's conversation and they, 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 there's a character in there who, who discusses mental health and talks about mental health and references it quite a bit. Obviously, f for me, uh, I've thrown, thrown out the concept of magic and hocus pocus a while ago. Okay. So to me... Hauntings and ghosts and things just aren't a concept that I quite understand. Um, so obviously, I when I watch a show, I try and approach it with a logical and practical head, right? I know I'm supposed to throw out all sus like suspension of temporary suspension of disbelief and all this kind of stuff, and I'm supposed to just watch it and accept it for what it is and things like that. But for me, it feels like the whole family are suffering from some severe mental health issues. Okay. Um, which is referenced in one of the episodes. Isn't, so I asked you this before. Do you think that's becoming a bit cliched? It is. It is. But the way that they approach this show is very different to how some of these cliched films or things are. Okay. So they, they don't just use scares for the sake of using scares. They craft it quite well within these stories and they use them in ways that are quite clever rather than just throwing in jump scares here and there 
they don't they don't use music in the traditional way. They sometimes they don't use music at all. It's dead silent, and it's dead silent for a good few scenes, and then all of a sudden something happens, and you're like, shit, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> uh, so it's clever in the way they do that. And we talked about episode six the other day. Episode six is the probably my favorite episode. Fifty three minutes is the episode. Fifty one minutes of that episode. They use five shots. Wow. The longest of those shots, uh, 17 minutes. Um, so just that, the, the technical proficiency that went into that episode itself was just, I think that made it for me. Yeah, that's quite, that's um, one of those new things, I guess uh, you have to put a lot of work into that technology can now do that mm. you couldn't do before. Mm. Because before the, in the old days, you couldn't film more than 10 minutes. Mm. Either the digital ships would heat up after a few minutes mm. or you'd have... Uh, reels of film would run out in the old yeah. days so that's cool yes that sounds good okay what else so I uh, am very happy because Castlevania season 2 ever heard of Castlevania I've heard the game I've heard of the game okay it's like a from 1993 or something yeah. 1983 I don't know it was a long long time ago and it was yeah. a sh- shitty platform game with the best eight-bit digital music yeah. <laughs> ever and there is a scene towards the end of season two where um they <laughs> there is an attack on um on dracula's castle and they it, there's a reimagined version of that musical theme okay as the which is is, cool. is this live action or is it it's that it's it's we missed it out when we talked about um, the, the best game. game to yeah. film sort of conversion type things. I think this is one of the best. It's anime. Okay. Um, along the lines of the souped up new Xbox games. It's good. I, don't, I can't say anything. It's, it's, it's just, it's cool. What is it about though? It's a little bit of anime, a little bit of cowboy bebop. It's in English. Mm. What is it about? It's about um, this guy, Trevor. Is that actually his name? His name is Trevor. Okay. Um, Belmont. Trevor Belmont and his family uh, are long, long, uh, have a long history of hunting monsters and vampires. Um, and they've sort of died out. He's the last one left. He just wanders the country because he's got nothing to do and he hates himself. Um, and he comes into contact with uh, a, a magician woman mm-hmm. who are part, is part of, she's part of this weird cult thing where they do magic and keep history in their heads and stuff. And then they go to try and sort out a problem in a village. Yeah. Um, which seems to be happening according to old weird legends. And as they go into the machinery and weird castle that seems buried beneath this village, they discover a tomb. And out of this tomb comes uh, the son of Tepes. Tepes meaning uh, Vlad the Impaler, um, which is the theology they use around Dracula in the game. And his son is half human, half vampire. And is this what the game was about? Yeah, it's kind of like the, the the background story in the game. But the first game was just like a, it was great. It was scrolling. Yeah, it came from that age of computer games where the games were enhanced by having deeper stories. Right. So you'd get a game and it's like a cassette and you put it in the machine mm. and it spends 15 minute loading, 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes loading and the screen's flashing while it's decrunching and all this kind of weird stuff. And while that's happening, you have right. this like pamphlet and this yeah. pamphlet, you open it up and it says <laughs> chapter one. And, it, and you start reading this amazing story. Yeah. And then by the time you get to sort of the end of the story, the game's finished loading 
and now you have this amazing story in your head. Yeah. So the fact that all the 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 music is like and the graphics are like all blocky and weird and eight bit. It doesn't matter because you've got the story in your head. So that's how the games worked. They were driven by your own imagination from reading the story. So to take an old story like that and turn it into an anime is really fucking cool. And I think Netflix is uh, awesome. They're also turning um, a bunch. We tweeted it recently. They're uh, a bunch of other stories that they already have. Like what's that one that's like Blade Runner? So they are turning Altered Carbon into uh, an anime. They've also Netflix, huh? Yeah, they've also got the rights to uh, do an anime extension of Pacific Rim, which would okay. be good because okay. it's a it's a thing that's been inspired by anime, um, and they've got a couple of others uh, coming out. Insect uh, cage of an insect insect cage. I don't I have no idea what that is. Uh, Kagag. Well, I don't, I'm not going to read that because I don't know what it says. Treze. Treze is set in Manila, where the mythical creatures of Philippine folklore live in hiding amongst humans. We're going to do an entire episode on what Netflix, what anime to watch on uh, Amazon Prime and Netflix, probably next episode, maybe. Yes. Um, so we'll cover it then. But yes. I haven't seen this yet. What? Daredevil? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so good. I know, I haven't seen it yet. I, okay, let's do this. Okay, well, I've written uh, Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock's Angels and Devils and that fucking suit. Do you have to have watched Iron Fist to, to watch this? Not really. Because I'm thinking of just bypassing Iron Fist altogether. Yeah. Would that, would that, would I miss uh, anything? Netflix agrees. <laughs> <laughs> They've cancelled Iron Fist. And Luke Cage. That, well, that's just rude. Can't cancel look yet. Did we? And we didn't discuss this either. Sorry, uh, this is. Um, I know I've put the drums in before this, but we didn't discuss. <laughs> yeah, <go on. laughs> we didn't discuss Henry Cavill leaving the Man of Steel character. Yeah, what's that all about? Jeez, man. There was okay. So I was listening to a podcast. Um, Fat Man Beyond. Um, Kevin Smith. Hey. Kevin Smith. <laughs> Every time. Every time. You're such a bastard. Okay. Why, man? Why do you, can, can we just, can we just put it out there for a second? Just, what? I need to know. What? Why do you, why do you dislike him so much? <laughs> I, I think he's all right. He's all right. It's good. Um, I'm kind of confused at how he went from cool, independent movie writer guy into a guy whose opinions end up becoming the de facto opinions of anyone in independent film and movie critique land. It's like if Kevin Smith said something, it's Mm. like becomes gospel in some kind of way. And it's very weird. It's very weird. He has so much hold over, um, the world of you know so-called independent film thought and opinion and it, it freaks me out and uh really he's very much of a cliche i don't know if he does i mean i, don't, I feel like <coughs> i feel like he he has an opinion and i feel like he has a very strong following i whilst i do find his opinion interesting i, I wouldn't say that everything he says i particularly agree on 
Um, I I was at that point at some point in my life. I just don't think that he what he's he. I think I I I don't disagree with you up to a certain point. I think there are still a small group of people who will believe everything and recommend like believe everything and listen to everything that he recommends. But I, I don't know. I don't know. He, he's uh... so there's also the belief thing because Kevin Smith comes hand in hand with the Christian Church. Yes, he's a he's a believer. He is. He's a big and uh, he just says, "If you're not, then so do you. That's your problem." Um, and that's a difficult place from which to critique things from because mm. it's a very, very, very biased mm. uh, perspective. Mm. So that that also is is, is part of it, you know. Church, okay. and, church and state and all that. Oh, I'll accept that. Okay. So anyway, so uh, Henry Cavill. Um, so listening to the podcast and they were, they, they were talking about this and they were saying that apparently he was supposed to, so Superman was supposed to have a cameo at the end of Shazam, oh, okay. the upcoming Shazam, which yeah. would have been great. Now there's a bit in one of the comics, now I forget which one it is, but it's it's a point where Superman goes to visit uh, Set, is it Set? Uh, the God who gives Billy Batson his powers. Uh, I can't, no, no memory of that at all. Whatever. Anyway, so Billy Batson obviously get these powers, um, of Shazam. Yep. Um, not, not a character I was a fan of, but okay. It's cool. Shazam. Okay. Um, and Superman goes to visit this God and he says, why would you do this to a child? Why would you give him uh, yeah. all this responsibility or whatever? Um, and then whatever, something happens. And then, so then Superman goes to see Billy Batson and he says, look, this is a, it's a difficult thing to have. It's, a tough thing to hold all of these secrets and have this secret identity. Right? Yeah. All right. I'm getting rid of my breathing. All right. Yeah, on. Uh, being a superhero and having chocolate rain. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Right. Okay. <clears throat> um, being a superhero and having all this responsibility. So he said, if you ever need anything, you just, get in touch or let me know. I'll, I'll be here or whatever. And I think that would have been a really nice cameo, at least the last cameo for him to have in Shazam. Um, but it's a shame that he's left because I think he did have, he was, uh, I, why did he leave? Cause it, it, it was it his own choice. I think it was a choice. Um, but it seems strange after Man of Steel, I think Man of Steel was his shining moment. And I just felt like, did you, did you, did you read the tweets? Is that what, I, what probably, it's most likely what probably, happened? Yeah. yeah. And I feel like when you have a character like this, I think it's from the sounds of it, they cancelled, they've just cancelled Superman films. Well, I don't blame him. I mean, they did, you know, sit on their own balls over and over and over again. No, but they just couldn't sit down properly. Um, and finally, you know, we've got a note here that says DC rides the dark, they're dark and broody. Um, Titans. Yep. What's Titans done? Titans is so refined, so well written, so well performed. It's so well cast. It's every, it ticks so many boxes and it's so delicious to watch that you will think you're watching something made by Marvel. Yep. It actually does feel like that, which is interesting. Do you want to go first? No, you go. Okay. I feel like it feels like this is DC. Yep. Going all in. I think they've gone to the point where like, fuck it. We fucked up so many times. Fuck it, Batman. Fuck Batman. Fuck Batman. It, it, they said it. It. I've, I've, my note literally says they've, they've fuck it. I've just put it, fuck it in quotation marks. 
And it just feels like that's their attitude. This show is that representation of everything that's gone wrong with DC so far. Yeah. This is their, like, they've had a, a massive dump. And this is their cleanse. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is their, this is this is their. They've had a colon cleanse. They've had a colon cleanse, and yep. Titans is it. It feels like everything that it should have been. Yes. It's adult. It's yes. It, yeah, fine. It's cliched at some points, but it's nowhere near compared to Supergirl, Flash, all those other things. Yeah, they're not trying to make it for kids. They're not yep. trying to make it uh, unnecessarily funny. They're not. Yep. They're just you know this is how it is. This is this is what I've, I, I've again I've written this down. Go this on. feels like you've played the Arkham games, right? Yes. Oh, this yeah. feels like what this should have. Yes. The, the, their DC shit should have been. Yes. Um, so they've, it almost feels like they've taken inspiration from the Arkham games. The Arkham games, again, are very gritty. They're very adult. They're very, again, they don't give a shit. It's violent. It's, it's what, this is what Robin is, right? It feels like this is the Robin that has come out from Batman's shadow. And it now, this is him coming like, okay, <laughs> his line is his line is in the first few scenes. It says, fuck Batman. It's just like, yeah, this is what DC should have been from the very beginning. And it's what Marvel have been taking risks with, with Deadpool to some extent, with everything else that they've done. <clears throat> it's brilliant. It's great. It's uh, I, I, I've only seen two episodes, and I, you, you'd recommended to watch two episodes. The two episodes that you've seen, and yeah. I thought, yeah, well, the first I've episode four. Okay, fine. Exclusive but, Movieville VPN preview. Yeah, <laughs> we were invited. Um, and yeah, it just, it, uh, it was, it was brilliant. I think I, I used to watch Teen Titans, the animated series when, uh, <laughs> that was on Toonami and Cartoon, Cartoon Network and all that kind of yeah, stuff. I'm worried about kids trying to make that transition, but yeah, yeah uh, but, uh, they've just by taking the teen out of the name, yeah. it just makes it completely different. And they, if they've shit, man, they, I think they've almost, almost redeemed themselves. They've got a long way to go, but they've almost redeemed themselves from the DC shows that they've got on CW. So getting onto the first of our, um, black female icons, yes. icons that we're talking about today, mm -hmm. Starfire. Yep. Wow. Uh, you haven't seen enough of her yet. Cause no. you've only watched the first two episodes. Yep. Um, she's in the first one, yep. but not in the second one. Nope. And then she just owns the screen. Sick. Literally every scene that she's in, everything she does, she yeah. has so much screen presence and yep. posture and power. Yep. It's amazing. She's a black female superhero. Mm. And all these people on Twitter, they've had a problem with this because she's not orange. Orange, yeah. Are fucking morons. <laughs> Either there is no, I'm not, there's no rationality. There's no way of rationalizing this. It's just, it's about time. This year is now producing icon after icon, uh, especially this, this last few weeks. Um, get, we're getting ready for a very, very different Oscars Academy Awards. And yep. I know we keep saying, oh, it's crap, pointless, but everyone watches it. Mm. It does have influence, but it needs to recognize how the world is changing. Yeah. And the market is just being flooded by these icons. So let's talk about them. What do you think of Starfire so far? Uh, I think the, the first episode I watched, um, and that was the only one I, I've seen her in because she wasn't in the second episode. Um, but it, it was good. It was great. I loved it because... Um, it felt like when I watched the animated series, she was almost like the, her and Raven were like the guardians, right? The guardians yeah. of the entire team, because there were things that they could do that the other guys couldn't do at all. Yes. And it feels like that scene where she just burns those three dudes to a crisp was like, this is just a start kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next now, the next few episodes, which is, Gonna be really interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, so moving on to the next one. 
uh, I've written Dear Snow People because yes. uh, <laughs> because people are getting tired. I keep having these negative conversations with people. I, they're not negative conversations. They're good conversations. But, you know, in Brexit Britain, people don't like program called Dear White People. It makes them feel weird, I'm finding. Oh, we don't mind it. No. Some other people don't like people it. Find it offensive. Season two, did you watch it? Yes. I don't, I don't know how you found it. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal because yeah. it was an exploration of the reaction of everything that she did in the first season yes. back on her yep. and, and what people have to deal with if they're prepared to make a stand. And that exploration is so deep and powerful and someone needs to, someone needed to tell that story. Someone needed to tell that story. So yeah. there are several stories here that are being told. The first one is the reaction, the backlash that happens if you make a stand. It, I don't understand how um, doing the right thing in a situation is considered a political opinion and doing the wrong thing is a political opinion. How do these things become political opinions? No, no. Oh, okay, I'll leave it there because the, the story they tell says it much better. But wow. Um that was good. What did you think? Again, I enjoyed it. I think I always, I can appreciate when something, um, it, so reason I put dear snow people was because of a thing on the BBC that they're now calling snowmen, snow people. It's very weird. Okay. Anyway, isn't this like, um, mother care and all this kind of stuff? So yeah. Trying to, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I think I'm, uh, I'm, I, I can always appreciate when something's so, you know how, uh, so, okay. When all this stuff happened at the end of Batman v Superman, um, the destruction of the city and all this kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, was it Batman v Superman? Yes, it was. Yeah. And then it was addressed in justice league. Like yes. they didn't just sweep it under the rug and continue with life or whatever. There was an action. There was a reaction to that action. There was, they had to address the shit that went wrong. Yeah. And I can appreciate stuff like that when they, when they do address that. Uh, and I think this, yeah, you're right. This series was, um, was a brilliant way to do that. I think it just that this whole thing about not being able to make a stand because you're afraid of what people might think of you or be afraid of what this happens in our community a lot. You, you can't speak out because of who we are or what will the, you know, Hassan Minaj says it in his up. Like what, what will they think? Oh, in his new Netflix series called Patriot Act. Patriot Act. Yeah. Which is. Fucking awesome. Yes. And he says his controversial things and then he keeps reminding the audience it's called Patriot Act. Yes. <laughs> which is very funny. Um, yeah. So I think th just the whole thing about not being able to make a stand and not being able to speak your mind because of, because of something or because of someone or the society we live in. And, and I think the fact that obviously having to address that in a show like this um, from the beginning of her stand to the end of that stand is, I think is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen uh, season two or three? Is it season three of The Good Place? Three, yeah. Uh, we haven't Still seen on. This, we haven't seen this week's episode. Okay, yeah, because it's out every Friday. That's right, yeah. Uh, this week's episode. Yeah, I think yes, I saw it. It's good. It's good. It's good. I really like it. Okay, no, I haven't seen it yet. No. All right, I won't say anything, but you're enjoying it. It's, it's brilliant. I think um, it's, it's all you can do if you did a PhD in philosophy and realized you can't get a job. Yes. Write a series. Yep. It's yep. Awesome. Yep. And the 20 minutes, there were 20 minute episodes and it just feels like it's not even, I wouldn't even call it a no brainer TV show because it still requires you to think quite yeah. a bit. Um, it's, it's an, it's an easy, easy show to get to get through. Yep. 
but there are many, there's so many layers to it. You it's could watch a, it all again. Yeah. This is what I keep talking to you about. and wanted to do is watching like something quite simple, quite unquite simple and breaking it down on what um, many levels. And I think that's what this show is that you could watch this show, but you could break it down in so many different levels. And it's like, okay, not only is it just a comedy show, but it's also, see what I mean? Like it's, that's why I think it's a very interesting form of philosophical education. Yep. Um, especially for our community, because there is a subject you can study at university Mm -hmm. and in grad school called philosophy. But the word philosophy has been hijacked by mm. various uh, religious gurus. One of, one of the various, the millions of the millions of gurus that we have in in a Indian community, um, who call themselves philosophers, nice. and say that they're teaching philosophy. Oh well, my god! Almost none of these guys have been to and actually studied the progression of philosophy at university or as a proper this is really fucking annoying did i tell you about this guy who this guy this guy so me and me hina and my parents went to um the watford temple did i tell you about this hq went to hq ringo star's house it's it's george harrison's house but we like to call it ringo star's house yeah did i tell you about this guy who who was one of the like fill in the audience gone uh george harrison he joined the harrys yeah Hare Rama, Hare Krishna. Movement. Movement. That's what they call it. Yeah, like a poo. And <laughs> they're a touring bus. And yeah, he donated his house, um, which is in Watford, where, where I grew up. Um, and we used to go to it, not knowing which Beatle donated it because we're too young to know who George Harrison was. So we, <laughs> usually, as kids, we used to just call it Ringo Starr's house because that's the only Beatle name that we knew. And it sounded funnier than John Lennon's house, which we learned later on. It's a guy called John Lennon, but it wasn't him. It was George Harry Harrison. No, that's an author. George Harrison. Okay. Donated his house to the Harry. I think there's something in that name. Anyway. George Harry. George Harry. George Harry Harrison. George Harry Harry Krishna. Um, and so we're on the bus. with. Uh, on the Harry bus. On the Harry bus. Awesome. And uh, it was a coach taking us Were they playing the music? Temple. They weren't playing music, no. Okay. Um... And anyway, so they were taking us, uh, who, it was like a little coach trip to Watford. <clears throat> yeah. And this guy, uh, he was a nice guy. Don't get me wrong. He was this a lovely guy. This guy. He this was guy. A little, this guy. It was, it was great. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, he was, he was a good guy. He was asking everyone if they're okay and whatever. And, um, I, he started getting into a conversation with my parents. And it was the first time that I'd properly addressed my beliefs in front of my parents. Oh, awesome. Um, That's the landmark moment in our lives when, yeah, we, when we do that. But what was, for, for me anyway, and I think for my dad, it was a proud moment for my dad because he realized that I was able to articulate this subject, not just in, a, in an ignorant way, but I was able to be respectful whilst putting my beliefs across, if that makes sense. Um, so this guy starts talking about philosophy and he's like, Oh yeah, I've studied all sorts of philosophy and you know, uh, I, I get it, man. You know, you, you, everyone has a journey and all this kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, but this is the thing. I don't think that this will be a part of my journey <laughs> right now. This is where I am. And you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe it might be part of my journey, but at this point in time, it isn't, it's not, it's not who I want to be. I just don't, I'm not that guy. I'm not a religious person. I don't believe in whatever the hell's up there. If there is anything, this and up, he up where, up where on the moon. Um, yeah, 
on the moon. On, in the, orbit. on, on the clouds. Satellites. In, in Elon Musk's car. Elon Musk's car. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, I still can't believe you said that. Um, <laughs> no wonder everybody hates you. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that is why. Um, and it, it just, it was... <laughs> It was interesting to me when he started talking about philosophy and life lessons and all this kind of stuff, because if you can't, the, the two things are very opposite. The, he, he was talking about existence and all this scientific stuff. And whereas he was talking about, at the same time, was talking about magic. Did he go Deepak Chopra on you? No, I don't know. What? Full, full metaphysical word bomb he was just oh god what did he say yeah that, uh, he did i can tell from your face right now that he did because you're just like rubbing your head like what the fuck are you saying you basically you've got the maxim betty face right now he's the what maxim betty face maxim betty maxim betty maxim betty youtube legend maxim betty <laughs> that is <laughs> oh come on you know maxim betty maxim i sent you a maxim betty video recently did you yes the E equals MC squared one. <laughs> hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> he's too much. Um, he's brilliant. It just, it, he was talking about then karma and it just, it just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Just, I couldn't, I couldn't take him seriously after that. I didn't want to have a, a live conversation uh, with this guy who claimed he was a philosopher. Well, he didn't claim he was a philosopher, but he studied philosophy. And did you, you ask know, him which uni he studied it at? He's, where he, he's been where all over the place. PhD in philosophy. He's been all over the place. That's literally what PhD <laughs> is. Uh, is that 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 little label is rooted in? Okay. Well, you can keep uh, or, or delete as much of that conversation as you like, but gl glad we had it. Yeah. It's good. But that's what the good place is about. It's, yeah. what, it's what causes those conversations to to happen. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think that's mainly in terms of series. Yes. What about movies? You watched like, The Post. So I watched The Post ages ago. Okay. But both um, the old... Well, the post is on Amazon Prime right now. Okay. Uh, hopefully it still is when this goes out. Because we do tend to spend a quarter of a year editing and processing. But that's both of our faults. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's been three weeks. I've edited it. What? What have you edited? That, that episode. Oh, shit, yeah, we recorded an episode. Shit. Um, because of Kushal's age, he does forget things a lot, actually. I think it feels like he's more recently been forgetting you don't forget you might need to leave the country I, I, yeah no, no one's <laughs> gonna forget that no i've already applied for my irish passport because you know um <laughs> yeah so yeah the post um i think it's a lot of people watch films like um nixon frost nixon have you seen that i haven't seen that but i know what you're talking about yeah. okay the post is a great film to watch and um a really amazing story about a woman in power uh, in an age when there were no women in power. Uh, so it's a great film and it tells you the beginning of that story. 
the pre-Watergate, this thing happened. Mm. It's a very important story. People should watch it. The rest of the story is available in other movies on Amazon Prime as well. I just wanted to note that it's on there and people should, okay. it's one of those essential movies people should watch. As is The Man Who Knew Infinity, because I was talking to you randomly and you're like, who's this guy? Yeah. It's like, this guy is... This guy is... Uh, very much um, uh, a legend, more of a legend in mathematics than someone like John Nash. Uh, and everyone, if you say a beautiful mind, John Nash, everyone has a vague idea of what you're talking about. And they're like, oh yeah, that crazy math guy who, you know, Nash equilibrium and all those things. Okay, well, there's this other guy who had notebooks upon notebooks of crazy theories, many of which are now being proven right, mathematically proven, which at the time we couldn't prove because his brain was just producing these crazy things. Um, and there is a story about him that I feel that should be more widely known. Dev Patel and Jeremy Irons are in The Man Who Knew Infinity. It came out a while back, but it's just appeared on Amazon Prime recently. Again, it's an essential watch if people haven't, if people don't know the story. I recently found out that you haven't watched From Dust Till Dawn. Yes. So I'm just going to say it to you without, we can talk about it on a different episode, okay. but From Dust Till Dawn, the Netflix series yep. is on Netflix, obviously, but also the old movies on there as well, which it wasn't for a while. E if you watch the movie and then you watch the series, the, the first seven episodes of the series give more depth and recreate the first half of the movie. Right, so it's actually it is a so it's basically expanded out the movie in series form a lot, yeah, okay. and it's very very interesting from a, even from a story writing perspective mm. how they've taken a simple film, mm. very it's like a seed uh, concept, mm. and then expanded it into a series. Okay, it's it's almost like a writing lesson watching watching one and then the other. Yeah, and you'll see they've put in there's like scene for scene, line for line, they've replicated things and then expanded the characters out it's, it's, it's worth a watch just for me and you okay and anyone else that's into, into, into that kind of stuff you watched fahrenheit 451 the new version i did on the flight to canada actually okay so i've i read the ray bradbury book many years ago have you seen the film yet i've not seen this film because i saw another it was, they tried to make it to a film a few years back and i was happy with the book but was the film any good i enjoyed it i really enjoyed it i think um, Michael B. Jordan plays the titular, the titular, the titular, the main protagonist. Um, uh, I forget what his name is. Mon Montag. Montag, yeah. Um, and, uh, Michael Shannon plays, what's the other guy's name? Antagonist. The, the fire sergeant guy. Yeah, him. Yeah. Um, who plays the girl? I haven't seen her before. Okay. No, no, fair uh, enough. Yeah. Good. And, um, so uh, the concept, if you're unfamiliar with it, I guess I know, uh, Kushal, you are um, familiar with it. Basically, it takes place in a dystopian world where books are essentially illegal to have. And any books that these firefighters come across, they burn them. Um, so instead of helping fire, putting fires out, they make fires and burn books. Yeah, it's kind of like a, an exploration of a world beyond that totalitarian state where mm. it's not just disinformation, but mm. it's the complete complete withdrawal and mm. banishment of education and knowledge from yeah. society that allows society to be controlled. And it feels like what they've done, I think it's come at a brilliant time because they've they've what they've done is they've mixed it in with technology in terms of how we have been blinded by 
technology that we have easy access to and that we don't really go to books anymore for information. We believe whatever we're fed. And I think that there are there's several scenes in there where, or there's several scenes, there's a couple of scenes in there where they go to people's, where they go to kids' schools and they kind of tell them that, oh, I think Abraham Lincoln was the first firefighter or something like that. But they've doctored and, and uh, tailored and uh, whatever, like old photos to make it look like yeah. Abraham Lincoln was like a first firefighter. And it's interesting. It's very interesting the way they've done it. I'm not sure if it was a, I can't imagine, I don't know if it was a critical success, but it was a HBO film. So I think it went ah. direct to uh, HBO. Straight to video. Straight to video. As we used to say. Um, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I'm intrigued on the book, but I just feel like I've got like a thousand books on my pile right now. Which Do you ever watch, um, this is actually the third, third or fourth time it's been made into a movie. There mm. was an old film called Equilibrium. Starring, you mentioned this before, yeah. Starring uh, the guy who became Batman. Ben. Flick. No, before that. Michael Keaton. Uh, no, way just before. George Clooney. Just before. No. Getting old. Getting old. I think I should just sit here with uh, IMDb Which, open. Uh, well, it's um, kind of stupid that I don't. Val Kilmer. Which problem are you talking about? Oh, Christian Bale. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> saying all these old people. Well, like, you're just saying all these like old Batmans. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Go on. Christian Bale. Even Clooney was Batman, wasn't he? Yeah, that was really weird. That was very weird. That was just very weird. <laughs> yeah, Christian Bale. It's not a Christian Bale movie called Equilibrium. Uh, it's a very odd movie, but it kind of covers the story of Fahrenheit 451, same okay. kind of community. Um, but moving from communities where uh, the population is suppressed and, um, you know, uh, structured and engin engineered in a way that prevents their progress and accumulation of knowledge. Let's move to the hate you give. Nice segue. Which uh, <clears throat> has, well, I mean, so we, we went together to watch the hate you give. Yes. And we just both sat there crying for about oh, <laughs> man. Oh my word. And then I tweeted, I wonder what ex excuse the Academy will give I saw that, yeah. for not giving this film the best film Oscar this year. I think it's sad. It's such a sad, we said this the second we came out, it's a sad state of affairs when the film's showing at 12.30 PM on an afternoon and yeah. it, it, there's no one in there, but that's the only showing that was available. We had five other people in the screening with us and it reminded very much um, uh, us very much of Detroit, same thing happened with Detroit, but that we watched that in an evening. And even then we had what, maybe three or four people went there with us. Yeah. I think, um, I, for me, it was the, the, these films that have come out in the last year or so, a couple of years, you know, we've had moonlight fences. Um, what else has come out in the last so, I mean, yeah, they all came out and they were, um, like Moonlight was different because it was, you know, it's a, it's a film with, it, it's a film inside mm. black culture. It's a film with a gay character and mm. what, ha what can happen to, uh, gay people in black communities where it, it is way more difficult, mm. um, a, a life to live than mm. it is, uh, outside of black communities, especially in America where everyone's crazy religious mm. for, for a reason. And that's another conversation we'll have. Mm. Um, and Fences was good because it's another insight 
into community and culture. Mm. But these films are different mm. because these films are very much um, a black female experience. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> Amanda Stenberg, mm. who plays Star Carter in The Hate You Give, mm. this is a phenomenal experience. Mm. This is a wonderful journey that we get to go on yeah. in, in, in the life she has. And, yeah. And more than what we were talking about earlier, I think she will become an iconic character yes. for a new generation. I hope so, yeah. Because she, th this story explores not her actions, but everything that leads up to those actions. Mm. Yeah, there's a point in the film where she says, where she realizes what she has to do mm. and why she has to, has to do it. Mm. And it's, she says, I want to be a better friend mm. for these people that are, that, that are getting killed. Mm. And that's, that's that's the perspective that everyone has, but we translate the determinism that people form in their heart, mm. and then the actions they take in life as thuggish behaviour. Yeah. And and yes, Tupac used to rap about this. There was a there was a movement called Fifty N Ns, with the N being the word that I I uh, won't say. Um, and it was about trying to help people in those communities from to not take those paths in life. And if they do take those paths in life, then trying to figure out a way that they can turn those that that life around mm. to help them realize <clears throat> and self-reflect on why they've taken that journey through life. Mm. And 20 years later, after those movements pretty much failed, mm. the, all we have left are those words and those efforts and nothing has changed. I think it's, it's, a, it's sad because I think many of the people within these communities are driven to do things like that, selling drugs and, 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 and whatever, because that's the only way they can fund what they want to do. So that there's a rapper I listen to. His name is um, Logic? Uh, Raz Simone. Raz Simone, his name is. Uh, and he was in New York. Um, but he's he, he, he raps a lot around this kind of stuff. He talks about how he's driven to sell drugs because he wants to fund how to, to rap. He wants to rap and he wants to do what he loves, but the only way he can do that and the only way he can fund that is by selling drugs. See that, and that is the thing that people outside of those communities mm. don't believe. No, they, they don't, don't believe that that's their only route. That that's that's. But but the, the reality is that they won't be given jobs because. But the but it's not even. I mean, the reality itself, the whole mindset about oh well, there are jobs, and if people did this and they mm. did this and. No, there's a whole stack of requirements that needs to be in place before someone is ready to go into work. Mm. Education, mm. expectation, mm. just the basic hope that what you're doing will lead somewhere mm. through seeing examples that look like what you see in the mirror. Mm. Wow, they don't exist. Um, okay, yeah. so how did, how, what, what do you think? Do, we, what, do you think this film will be recognised? Um, I don't know. It's, uh, you, we would like to think that it, we would love it. We would love it to be recognized. We'd like to think, no, yes, that's, even that's a lie. You know, I would think that it wouldn't be recognized. I would in an ideal world. Yes, of course. You know, but then, you know, let's just talk about how the Oscars are what they brought out this best popular film category. And then they immediately removed it because of backlash from the online community or whatever. It just, there's no, I think there's there's no sense in these awards anymore. I think whether or not they get an award doesn't make a difference. I think the fact that they they keep making these films, and if they get recognised, even better. It's a good start. It's a good platform for them to be recognised in. And I think that's what that's that's all we can hope for is that they get a platform, um, uh, and that's all you can do now because 
what are these awards doing? It just, I don't know what they're doing. If anything, they're, they're just, it's a popularity contest. Yes, but it's also good. I don't know. I'm, I'm torn. I'm absolutely torn with these things. Why? Because on one side, yes, it's great for a platform, but on the other side, how much value is actually bringing to these films? Well, if nothing else, if they point people in the direction of watching these things so people yeah. have a different perspective, yeah, they can think what they're like after they've watched it, but yeah. watch it first. Yes. Yeah, and I think um, that's the biggest thing. I think that's the, that's all we can hope for is, and it's exactly what we're doing. I think by, just by having this conversation and providing these, what I go quote-unquote recommendations, I think all we can hope for is that people do go out and go watch these things and and have discussions around this kind of stuff. I think that's all we can hope for. And that's all we can hope that comes out from these award shows is that they go watch these important films. I think that's all. And as if, and as if everything that we talked about, everything that we've just talked about wasn't enough. Um, we now have widows. Mm. Um, so Viola Davis was on, uh, radio with mm. is it will gompertz the radio for yeah the movie guy the and um she's been saying in, in a number of interviews that look you know if we we the, the movie opens with this scene of a husband and wife mm. one white one black mm. um in bed mm. and she said um she's she's black her hair's not been straightened mm -hmm. she's not um a hooker mm. she's not in somehow oppressed or owned by mm. him, their partners, husband <clears throat> and wife. And she said it was such a surprising thing for her to see. And she realized that she doesn't see this in movies. Mm. And if we're a society that embraces inclusivity and diversity, then mm. why is that such a rare scene? Why is it so surprising mm. to see? This goes back to the whole thing about, I a few months back, it was a few episodes back, We there was this thing where um, a group of people want, were making uh, movie posters with just, they replaced the white leads with the black leads. Yeah. Do you remember this? Um, you know, Harry Potter was one of them where they'd replaced all of the white, like the white characters with the black ones. And the, the, the note at the bottom was, if you're surprised by this, then there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, and it's just that. It's that if you're surprised by seeing this kind of character yes. in her natural beauty, I guess, then there's, there's something wrong with the state of the world, the state of the movies and things. And Yes. Which is the very thing that drove us to making a podcast in the first place. Mm -hmm. That we look around and thought, what is this weird, messy world that we're mm. in? So, okay. Uh, Widows goes on to be an absolutely phenomenal film. It was enjoyable. And if they're too scared to give The Hate You Give mm. uh, a Best Movie Oscar, yeah. there's a, another contender there, which is Widows. Um, wow. All female leads. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. And I'm not even what I loved about this. What I loved about this, and often, oftentimes what you might find with films that do have female leads is that they often need men to save them somehow. What I loved about this was that even when she was faced with, I'm going to say her past. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't hesitate. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's amazing because that was, they were building on that right from the beginning mm. when that guy goes in mm. when jamal is it yep goes into her apartment mm. and the words he says to her he says welcome back mm. because it's like she's been in this fantasy world mm. almost like she's been trying to go away from where everyone else mm. from that community lives mm. and so that story and that experience is very unique 
And she goes from there and transitions into a leadership role mm. um, for this team. And, and this is, it's great. And it's, it's so good because I think they said it twice in um, The Hate You Give. They said, we were meant to be kings and queens. And I love the fact that she was thrust into this role and she was that leader role. And I, that, that was to me, that was like, this is, this is it. This is what we needed. It's so good. It was so good. And she, this is her film. Yeah. This is completely her film. Yeah. Um, uh, it will make you, I mean, Liam Neeson's even more of a legend than he already was. Mm. Now, <laughs> he's, he's too cool. Yes. He's too cool, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's good. Like, I love that. Love that lanky Irish. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so we've had a, I think I'm, I'm quite surprised because like a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking this year is turning into a shit year of movies, mm. just rubbish movies. Black Panther, there's mild entertainment around the time Predator came out and a few other bits. Solo, I think came out this year. It was entertaining, but it didn't excite me. Yeah. And then The Hate You Give and Widows has come out mm. and it's like, wow, nice blown clear. me away. Yeah. I suddenly believe that we can make movies. The world hasn't forgotten how to make amazing, you know, soul-shaking movies. It's an awesome way to end up and cap off the year. February, February we had Black Panther. Yeah. In November we have these films. So I felt like a nice way to end the year. Um, unless they really like do something amazing for the end of the year, which I don't think they will now. But um, yeah, it was a brilliant way to end wow look at that we are getting good at this we're on 55 minutes yes. sick on time um on time uh did you see it? Bora. i did uh, you sent it to me <laughs> didn't yeah, you did. that was so good <laughs> that was so good <laughs> premier trump <laughs> oh man high five <laughs> i haven't heard that for so long high five Oh. The Mexicans. So good. You don't want to become Mexican. I was, like, oh, I was going to say something else. I was going to add to me. This is the Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen appearance. Yes. Worth watching as a clip. All right. If you like that, hit subscribe in LST Collection. We are on iTunes. And all your favorite podcast providers. Just iTunes. Just iTunes. We deleted from everywhere. And we were on your favorite podcast providers, but I really think we should go on Spotify, you know? So we did. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yes. We'll be on Spotify soon. Okay. I've been Curran. I've been Kusha. See you in the next one. Bye. <laughs>